Quincy Hush. Nope. O Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Long coat. Walter Long coat. I like that one. Fucking that was bo- good. Bond over here. <laughs> we are the Fade Podcast, your one stop shop for everything TV, <laughs> media, and film related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Uh, how the fuck's everybody doing right now? How's everybody? What's everybody? Uh, what's the what's the general mood in the room, room right now? I don't know why. I, like, started, I, but, I've never been so happy to just be back in Baltimore. Like, I was yeah. out in D.C. all day earlier, just um running some errands. Mm. And then I got back to Columbia, and when I got back to Baltimore, I was just like, just fucking glad to be home, man. <laughs> DC might be one of the like my least favorite errand running city, <laughs> really, because like everywhere you go, you got to park, right? No, you got a ticket true. too. Oh, you, gotta- <laughs> you better what, pay you that get a shit. ticket, dude. What the, going on? They say it was street cleaning on that side, but I didn't see any signs that said such. But mm. you you got to walk. Up and down the yeah. block yeah. To, to make sure. DC is not one of those places. Right there. It's not one of those places where you can like be like, I don't see no signs around here. And just keep moving. No. Now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look yeah. for it. You it's gotta, not as bad as Philly, but it's still bad. You think Philly's I, bad? Oh, Philly's I think, terrible. I didn't think well, he's no just Philly's industry the is based on in which he's gotten tickets. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but Philly, <laughs> part of Philly's industry is based on um tickets and shit I mean, like that. That's why all, they have those car cities. Industries. No, 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 no. Philly is the top of the cream when Yo, it comes to that. whenever i go to a new city i always make sure i like read the signs thoroughly and i like take a picture of where my car is parked you know what i mean just so like they can't ever try and fuck me yeah with oh no like your car was in front of you know the legal uh fucking distance of where it should have been nah nigga i got the picture right here with the timestamp, dog you can't fuck me right now <laughs> I'm unfuckable. <laughs> right now, ooh, ooh, sorry, sorry about the technical difference. Yeah, um, but yeah, Philly's like with DC though. Here's the thing: if you park, like, let's say you got something to do over in Foggy Bottom area of DC, right? And then you got something else to do down in like Chinatown, and then you got to skate over to like Eckington or like Ivy City or something like that. You like your your parking uh, ticket, the the little. You know, you know how you pay the meter thing and you, and you get the little thing to put on your dash. Yeah, I don't think it it's transferable to like different zones no, 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 of no, the no. city. No, no, and that's not even just relative that's to a, DC. That's, that's everywhere. No, in Baltimore, that's true. No, no, no. If you got a ticket on one street, you can't like you can go to another street and still get another ticket. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if you buy a if pass, I if I buy like one of those yeah, uh, if I go to the meter like and the I put my credit pass, card in and yeah. I buy like a like a three hour pass yeah. uh, in Federal Hill in Baltimore. You I can drive, drive to fe- uh, to Fells Point yeah. and still use that same thing on my dash. Uh, like what I the fuck? Am I, I gonna, f- am I going to pay for something like another fucking fuck you guys? I, f- no. I feel like, I feel like in DC you can't do that. You can't go from DuPont <laughs> over to like U street, yeah. the U street corridor and use the same shit. They're like, nah, brother, you got to get you a new one. <laughs> and they say it exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in the uh, the vein of why Baltimore is dominating D.C., which I, I think I'm just kind of just trying to pump it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I think, Fabe, you wanted to uh, to do you a, a little a little new segment here. Yeah. Um, Baltimore Magazine came out with their list of uh, best of Baltimore. And uh, I think the unique thing about it is. They don't throw out suggestions, or at least this year. I don't know how they do it every year, but yeah. they didn't throw out suggestions and then you vote on it. Yeah, It's all like write-ins. Yeah. So act, to actually be a winner, that's pretty amazing because it's 
a collective of people all thought you were best without being swayed or like, oh, we got to choose between something someone else gave us. So it's right. like it's like visitor submissions. People who have like come in, who visited your shit, who wrote into Baltimore Magazine, who said you were the best. That's how a, like a business restaurant hotel. Yeah, like the best. what's the best taco spot? But they're not gonna suggest their taco spots for you. Mm. Just as you all write it in. So okay, well, whoever wins really means like people really thought this was the best spot people was fucking with you hard it's super authentic yeah um so i'm just gonna go through a couple and you know if you guys feel uh emotionally attached to something okay so as well i you know baltimore's best across like a variety of categories right yeah yeah yeah. i feel emotionally attached let's get straight to it (laughs) just letting you know all right um you know so we'll start off uh bookstore um the winner was uh the ivy bookshop uh runner-up was uh, atomic book and red emma's Where's mm-hmm. the Ivy Bookshop? Like what part I, of the city that is? I that do at? not know. I do not know. Brick and Mortar Bookstore, that's... Sounds like a Mount Vernon bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you still have a bookstore that's operating right now, you have to be dealing <laughs> out of the back. That's just the front. It's just the front. <laughs> All right. Um, Best Instagram account. Um, winner was Be More Creatives. Runner yes. up, uh, Yard Gallery, Be More, and uh, I think that's supposed to be Lucifer's Revenge, spelled funny. Be More Creatives. I actually have Thanks. on uh, post notifications. Um, winner, uh, or museum, uh, the Baltimore Museum Museum of Art. Runner up was uh, hey. the American Visionary Art hey. Museum bam, and bam, bam, bam. Shout the out Walter to Art BMA. Museum. Oh, they, oh, yeah, that you're right. Um, yeah, shout out to BMA. I know, I know a couple people there. Um, music venue winner, the Auto Bar. Runner up, the Eight by Ten and Metro Gallery. Shout out the Auto Bar. Okay. Today said he wasn't gonna have Ay. any attachments to any of yeah, these, yeah. and he's just like fanboy. Before this segment, he was like, "I don't really have anything to say." <laughs> now he's with the fucking sound effects. I mean, I don't think you guys had to put me on front street like that. But I, <laughs> all right, best theater, did. best theater, uh, the Charles. <laughs> I mean, theater. There, there's like two theaters. There, like it was just one or the other. <laughs> well, all right, winner Charles Theater, runner up the Senator and the Parkway Theater. Is I the never senator, heard of the senator. Wait, is the senator even where? Where is the senator? It's like uh, East Baltimore, like northeast kind of. It's like, like super northeast, though, right? Yeah, like super north. Yeah, still in the city, and that's yeah. for movies. Best live theater. Uh, we got center stage winner, runner ups mm. is uh, Every Man Theater and Hippodrome. The Hippodrome must be feeling the type of way right now. <laughs> and then we got Hippodrome some... had like Lion King come through. They thought it was gonna win everything. With yeah, that. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, best bartender, uh, Scott Ooh. Jones at Wet City. Which a bar I've I've been to, runner up is Gina Nestengia. Sorry for fucking. How did they? How did they? How did they? And Lisa. What's the fucking criteria for that? You just vote. Like if they say who's your best bartender, you put that name in. Put the yo. They must have been campaigning hard because there there might be some for every person. There must have been like three people be like, I'll vote for you, sure. If if I'm any business in a city and I know Baltimore Magazine is doing their, uh, then you're gonna be. I'm like, you know, hey, listen. Have you heard of Baltimore Magazine? <laughs> Go on that website. Put my fucking name in. You, you, you fuck you. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you piece nah. of shit. I don't, you. Think, I don't think that's a productive conversation, but okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, breakfast uh, winner, Miss Shirley's, which I've been to. I've never been to Miss Shirley's, but I... I, I it was so packed Saturday. I figured Blue Moon Cafe would take it. Well, Runner Warp was Blue Moon and Pete's Grill. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think my face, my favorite breakfast spot. And breakfast is breakfast <laughs> is always one of those words I can't pronounce. I don't know why. It's yeah, weird. knowing you is probably somewhere break, fucking breakfast. Terrible breakfast. Subway. Did you get it? Did you figure out breakfast? Not yet. I'm still working on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, come back to me. I'll come back with it. All right. Um, furniture store. Uh, and this one. Um, 
it's close <laughs> to be for reasons I won't mention, but uh, winner Sukasa, <laughs> runners okay. up uh, Gardner hey, Wolf Furniture, and burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Wishbone Reserve. Yeah, yeah, hey, yo, Sukasa, I like. I need to get my bread up so I can get one of them like nine hundred dollar uh, yeah. motherfucking Lamps. side desks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Sukasa. Yeah. The shit where you f- first walk in your front door and you got a bowl on it, you just throw yeah. your keys in it. It's like it's like that throwaway furniture item, but yeah. it's really like but the stand actually costs dumb expensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um, Jim, we got brick bodies and runners up was Merit and Rev Cycle Club, and that's a surprise because Merit is wait, wait, you said bricks won best brick bodies won best Jim. Get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. Merit got Merit up, who though. got paid off? <laughs> look, look, look. Somebody Merit Athletic Club. There so was the, an exchange of money somewhere. The, the Merit Athletic Club in fed has a pool during the summer times where they throw like dope ass pool parties and now the one in canton has a rooftop pool on the very top floor of like a nine level garage where you can see the city how the fuck did brick bodies <laughs> win hey uh, yo fucking An- another lisa, another lisa, business front what was they, it lisa and victor brick what is their names what the fuck is their name? I, I do brick forget and, yeah, yeah they, hey, listen, they, they definitely pay somebody uh off. brick bodies they really moving weight in there. Got a couple bricks. And they're not talking about the squat rack. They're moving weight. <laughs> All right, uh, Yoga Studio. Um, winner is Yoga Works. Runner up, okay, yeah, Core yeah. Power and Empower. Yeah, I used to yeah. go to Yoga Works. Yeah. Biking Trail, uh, Jones Fall Trail, which I've rode, I've ridden on there once. What, literally, what other what other trail is there? Well, the runners up are BWI Trail and Lake Roland. BW that Damn. doesn't sound like a trail I want to go on BWI trail. This one really surprised me. I was truly what? 100% surprised. Um favorite Oreo. Oh, the winner one. was Manny Machado who has been a hot topic trade uh you know issue and he did get traded to the Dodgers, but um I just listening to uh Baltimore Talk Radio and hearing the callers, a lot of people were starting to like be like over Manny and say, "Man, let's just trade him, let's get this thing over." Yeah, but um, we got our runners up: Adam Jones and Jonathan Scope. Okay. Um, best park. Um, Patterson Park took it. Uh, runners up: Federal Hill Park and Druid Again, Hill Park. There's really no. I mean, maybe you can argue Druid Hill, but Patterson Park pretty much just takes. Uh, no, no, I'm surprised. I would have went like, fed, well, Patterson Park is bigger, but I would have thought like um, Riverside Park. Yeah. Uh, because it got Riverside the turf Park. football field there. Beautiful stadium lights, no, turf no, football wait. field. Uh. Uh. I think it's either like the Locust Point Park or it's like Riverside Park, but it's like beautiful. Yeah, but well then you gotta also think about who's actually like voting in these things, and so whoever's voting on the best of Baltimore probably doesn't inhabit. This this place. one was uh funny to me, um, not because of who the winner is, but because of the runner up. Um, but sports team, uh, Baltimore Ravens won, but the runners up were the Capitals. And then the Orioles. <laughs> so it seems as, as if the Capitals were like more than the Orioles. Which I mean, you, they just won a championship. Yeah, and the Orioles suck this Cup. year. So it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the O's just were that miserable this year that I don't, if they would have won, like if they would have got like the runner up, I think everybody would have just been like, this This list is trash. Possibly. Were, well, they, no, because, but it's Orioles. They're, they're still the hometown baseball team. So, But, like, I'd rather put the fucking, the peewee league of, Bal- like, the, was the Baltimore peewee league? What's the, what's the junior league for? No. I'd, <laughs> it's I'd, like, no. I'd rather, I'd rather put them <laughs> over the Orioles. True. All right. On um, Facebook page, uh, as far as news goes, the winner is WYPR. Um, runner up was Baltimore Fishbowl and hey. WBAL. Bam, 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 bam. Shout out yeah. to WYPR. Yeah, yeah. WPR they sent me a little badge. I, I sent them a little donation. So, okay. Them, shout out to them. Um, do a couple more then. I think we're good. Let's do uh, like two more. Um, so favorite Twitter account? 
was Justin Fenton, whoever you are. And then we got uh, Dan Clark Sports and WYPR, 88.1 FM. Does it say any up. sort of bits about the winners? Meaning like, uh, so this... Who's no, this it's guy? just strictly who won and runner-up. It's just clout and pussy. Yeah, yeah, There's no background. I, I want to know details here. You want to know details, go on his page, I guess. That's yeah, what they'll okay. tell you. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> yeah, that, you can follow him. It's your know. job. They don't fucking tell you all this uh, shit. I'm too lazy for all that. And then we'll we'll just end it on, uh, I would say, oh, you know what? No, I'm going to talk about this because this one kind of surprised me. But my next one um, is... um. Ice cream. We got the Charmery who won. Runner up was B More Licks and Taharkar Bros. Yo, there's there's a ice cream shop like right uh right off of Patterson Park. Uh I think it's on like Eastern Avenue that that motherfucker be lit up like lying out the about. door. No kids in the line. Hmm. Adults around the block that, that, that's even worse because at least kids are like i just want chocolate and vanilla adults are like i don't know if i want rocky road or fucking uh <laughs> yeah uh, mint chocolate just get the fuck out of the way well, was it that episode of the office where like <laughs> yeah, the lady michael. was trying like sampling all the flavor no it was it was no, michael it, no 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 it was and, or um, is michael uh getting all the it was the pretzel. It, was, it was curb your enthusiasm oh where the lady okay. was trying she sampled every flavor oh yeah and, and larry was like there's a two sample yeah, minimum. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows this. There's ah, a two I, sample he, minimum. Here's a question about Larry. Uh, and she sampled vanilla, which really pissed them <laughs> off. Oh, yeah. Everyone like, knows what fucking vanilla <laughs> tastes like. You don't sample vanilla. Yeah. Here's my question with Kirby Enthusiasm. I watched uh, like if the first If you say something seasons. bad about it, yeah. I will literally kill no, you. No, no, no. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, do, you get to, do you get to a certain point where you're just like, I've... I can't watch anymore no. before I'm just like I think too cynically like because I, I I watched like the for like the first three or four seasons like succinctly like back to back to back to back it was Whoa, the only thing that on. I watched for a while succinctly uh, <laughs> that was the only big word using, I used no no and what was the other big word you, that was the only you, big word no, you said succinctly and then you, you said do something. you just not understand basic I don't uh, know if there was no, another th- big then you word. said cynically. There was succinctly. There was Cyn- cynical. Do you not understand what cynical? No, no, no. Oh, cynical. he said cynical. But yeah. Oh, uh, do you yeah. want me to talk, sound re- like, me talk, talk regular? No, you know, people listening probably. Too many, too many words with a C yeah, and a Y. So, I think like so, I think like a lot of Christopher Nolan fans, you uh, or a lot of people who criticize his movies, you're underestimating uh, All of the people Fabian got to listen to this podcast <laughs> did not, cannot read or write. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, Gully can't read or write. Uh, who else can't read or write? Wait a minute. I believe in you, Gully. I believe you're more than uh, Floyd Mayweather. You can you can read and write. All right. Well, let me get to this last one, which, yeah, which, last. which hey, surprised this me. Better be a good one. Which surprised me. Um, best food hall. The winner was Our House. Um, Ooh. Runners up were Mount Vernon Marketplace and Belvedere Square Market. Ooh. I would have thought Mount Vernon Marketplace would have had that because I have I've heard from people who have been to both that it's better than our house, but I haven't been to our house. Where's so. our house? It's like uh yeah, it's in Remington. Yeah, Remington. Yeah. Okay, a little bit up up the way. Yeah, well, just up eighty three, like a bit, and then um, it's like literally across from um Druid Hill Park. Like, yeah, fuck with that. I got, I've never. You been can look this. into Remington from Druid Hill Park. All right, yeah, we gonna have it's to a little bit that. south of like uh Hamden. Uh, Druid Hill. I don't know. You yeah, shout out to Mount Vernon. No, it's right off eighty three, and then like yeah, Druid. It's like 29th Street. I would say right. But that's not to me. That's not even remotely close to Druid. No, Hill no, Park. no. Druid Hill Park's like. No, it's literally right that there way. on the other side of 83. You, you okay. can look right into it. Fair enough. So what I want to do. You just do, don't realize it's Druid Hill Park. 
I guess. I want to see the real Baltimore Magazine list. <laughs> like the, the part of the website where when you click on the link, it asks you if you're 21 <laughs> and then you have to check the box and then click enter. That's also called porno. And then the question, you know, it's like, which bartender has the best titties in Baltimore? <laughs> right? Jesus Christ. Which strip club has the uh, best twerkers in the city? Well, it seems like you just want to make your best own. drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, the best, the best drug dealer. Best drug dealer would be the best. Best category. street corner to get what you need to get. Yo, holy shit! Uh, me street and, corner where you're most likely to get yeah, a body. I'll tell you a quick, the funniest story happened. I was out with Jay. I don't know some other night, and like we were sitting in the middle of Fells. Yeah, and we we're just eating a couple of pizzas. Chilling. Lumberjack. Lumberjack. Is that what you're talking about? The lumberjack story? No. Oh, okay. Nothing to do with lumberjacks. I don't know what that means. I'll uh, tell you in a second. Fair enough. Uh, so we're just sitting there. Then all of a sudden, this guy comes walking by. You know, you can get panel as people who are like just looking for shit. Yeah. <laughs> he literally says, he's like, he's like, hey, hey, you got some change I can get so I can get some smack? I was <laughs> like, Jesus oh, Christ. Hey, you like what you <laughs> like. <laughs> I had, But I had to give it up to him. I was like, at least he was honest. Fuck yeah. it. Like he wasn't like, hey, like I'm about to go buy a fucking sandwich. You know who this. that reminds me of, Arain? Um, and we're gonna get to it at some point in the show. Uh, from Power. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we're not even gonna say who. We're just yeah, gonna we'll, get to we'll it get and to bring it, it back. Uh, 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 interesting crackhead uh, guest appearance in the <laughs> last <laughs> episode <laughs> of Power. <laughs> so um, well, that could have went a lot worse. I mean, for anybody who's seen, uh, don't be a menace to society. Uh, he could have been like, I suck, suck your dick. dick. <laughs> and then one of y'all would have been like, What'd you say to me? <laughs> Took the nigga around the back. <laughs> and yeah. he'd had some what, smack. What was money. the edit? What did they say on the edited one? The edited version was like, What'd you say to me, sucker? No, 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 no. What did he ask him, though? He didn't say I suck your dick. He, he was like, make your face look like, like that, though. You know, I. <laughs> Mick yo lick oh, no, edited now. versions of movies be the like some sometimes they're my favorite. Yeah, shit. Like instead of like oh you I'ma kill you motherfucker, the edited version be like I'ma waste you mother lover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're talking about older movies, right? Because uh, yeah, and I, I, I love when the voice it. completely changes. Oh too. yeah, that'd be some like, French and, motherfucker. And like, yeah, and it's not even like it's not even subtle. It's just like this obvious. Is, yeah. Obviously, like a, a male doing. speaking and a female comes uh, in and yeah, just like, like, okay wait, like, wait, if guys. I see you around here again I'm going to eliminate <laughs> you <laughs> sucker <laughs> like, alright <laughs> come on alright um, so so what we're going to do what we're going to do uh, power and um, well we're going to introduce a new segment really quickly oh yeah, yeah. Bam, 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 bam. I just really like doing that I, I really do have to get the sound effect yeah, yeah, uh, let's of get that, that sound to make it effect. official yeah, yeah. we'll get the soundboard working here uh, but we definitely like to uh, introduce uh, a new segment it's called press play Hit play uh, the Diddy yeah, yeah. Al- Hey that Diddy hey, album get, hey, get was, um, That was a great <laughs> album man Yeah, yeah it, I'm not gonna lie that, I did like that That was album. his best work Press play. Although Although you, you hate it Whenever he actually came on But you liked Pretty much every Other moment Outside of like when, when he was actually, like Yo no that song with, um, No It makes me feel good That song yeah, comes to me Just like with, you said um, to me Yeah The song comes great to me song. With Nicole Sharon Great song What band was she in Pussycat Dolls Pussycat Dolls Yeah Yo Diddy Low key, Diddy has some of the best verses in history. 
When he was like, Yo, the way I appear, they all stop and stare at my, my body language speaking loud. No, no, no. I often like, go back and I'll just like an old Diddy joint or come on. And I know probably like Biggie wrote it or something. Nah, but yeah. it's just the way that it's written for yeah. Diddy. It's like almost like, and honestly, and shoot me if you want. <laughs> if we if you go back and listen to, um, uh, what's the joint they did with Busta Rhymes on the hook? Um, oh, oh, a real life. Pastor Cavani. Yeah. No, 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 no. With Biggie and Diddy. Uh, Wait, what? And it's on like a lot of boxing. Victory. If we go back, Victory, Diddy's verses are better than Biggie. But I'm sure Biggie wrote it, but the way it's written for Diddy. Because you gotta. gotta, It's so perfect. But you gotta gotta give him the better verse because it's like. The beginning of Victory. He's he's basically like talking to you. The beginning of Victory will get you lit. One. Uh. One, two. (laughs) Yo, that shit. So how does Diddy's verse. I need to know that right now. It escapes me right now, but um, it's like a. um shit it's gonna come to you know, me but gonna, i remember yeah. he was like don't make an ass out of yourself by, by assuming yeah, my yeah. music keeps uh, you moving Diddy's best line of all time though is don't worry if i write rhymes i write checks <laughs> what are you gonna say to that what are you saying right. how you how you gonna diss how you gonna diss them no I'm like, a, Yo, don't worry about one of my that. favorite ones have always been uh stop that talk outside your mouth i'll, I'll put, put guys outside, outside your house yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what song um was i think like, that was the oh let's do it remix no that was like on no, no, no. It was like just some joint with like Jim Jones and Paul. Whoa, like what you sipping on? No. Yeah. What you sipping? Something like. I you know what my favorite Diddy out. song is? Or not even just Diddy song, but my favorite like bad boy song is. Uh, uh, God, what's it called? Was this one they did with uh, Usher? I need a girl. To- oh, I need a girl. Oh, yeah. I need yeah, a girl yeah. to ride, ride, yeah. ride. Yeah. And then uh, yo, Loon's verse on Loon, that. Yeah, Loon, yeah. Loon shined on that. He was like. Um, Loon just Not had too many smoothness. girls in my lifetime. Um, yeah. Could be, uh, oh shit, I forget exactly how. All oh, the right shit, features and her oh, red chicks that only rock sneakers, cell phones, and features. Yeah. All right, let's, let's kick Jenkins. this off though. Um, press yeah. play segment. Uh, yeah. You know, this is new. It's new segment we're implementing. Tell us if you guys like it. Definitely comment um, on, on social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, every... Okay, wait. Sorry, I don't even cut you off. But if I don't say it right now, I'm gonna forget. Diddy's verse started off like. Um, from victory, yeah. Uh, if the sun and sun shine together, oh, I just had it. I knew I had to cut you off, but um, shit. yeah, we, we just we just step on our product there. If the sun don't shine forever, long, long as we're here, then we might we as well shine, shine together. Better now than never, business before yeah, pleasure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, but anyway, after this sorry. podcast, listen to that song, it'll, it'll get you where <laughs> it'll, it'll get you where you need to be mentally, hey. Right. All we can say is press play. Sorry for cutting you off there. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, new segment, press play. Um, you know, every uh, every week or, or, you know, every other week, we're going to be asking our listeners to uh, check out a, a film, a movie, a TV show, a series, a, a, a documentary, something along those lines. And, and ultimately, what we're going to ask you guys to do is check it out. Tell us what you think. And, uh, you know, once you read the bio, maybe watch the trailer. And then the decision is up to you, right? And the remote is in your hand, and you can either press play or you can keep scrolling. So this week, uh, we 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 tasked everyone. Did we task them last week to do it? No, we didn't do that at all. We did not. Yeah. So, um, the the movie we're going to be uh, reviewing today is called. Uh, it's called Sorry to Bother You, uh, which is a uh, a film that was directed by Boots Riley, which I don't even know that much about Boots Riley, but... Uh, um, we named Boots Riley? Boots Riley. He had to be great. I don't even know if it's a he. Let's check it out. He, Boots she. Boots Riley. Yeah, it's a, it's a he. Yeah, had um, to be great. 
yeah but uh apparently he does like a lot of different things uh but uh very interesting character i gotta definitely do my uh do my uh, uh googles on boots riley but uh directed by uh boots riley uh as well as starring uh lakeith uh, stanfield from um atlanta yep. and uh short term term 12 which was actually the first movie that i ever saw him in yep uh, and i thought he was a pretty interesting character in there um and he was also in the um movie that was directed by uh the the comedian from key and peel oh, yeah uh get out he get was out, out. He was, yeah, yeah. i don't know how i forgot that but he was also in get out yeah he was a nigga that um yeah couldn't get out <laughs> it was correctly <laughs> described yeah. uh then uh it's also starring tessa thompson jermaine fowler uh, Omari Hardwick, Terry Crews, uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, David Cross, Danny Glover, uh, Stephen Yen, and uh, Army Hammer. Uh, Army Hammer. Ghost is in it. Yeah, he man, is. Hey, yeah, man. and he does he it's, play it's Ghost? Fu- it's such a fucking interesting movie, man. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, I, well, I don't really watch Power, so I can really. You, you, um, yeah, so, so let's talk press let's talk press play let's talk uh this movie and then we'll get into that in a second i got some interesting uh, thoughts on omari hardwick yeah okay. uh but uh the the film was um uh it, it was produced or i'm sorry distributed by annapurna pictures which uh they, they have a, a wide array of things that they do that are really interesting so shout out to annapurna pictures uh, and I believe that this movie premiered at Sundance. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. Yeah, back in uh, uh, where back do in they host the Sundance Film Festival? Utah, Utah. Yeah, yep. There's probably some bad ones out there doing a festival. In but I mean, Utah, some good hippies. Yo, Utah low key got some bad ones. Except I don't know. For, except true, for they're all but... married to the same guy. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> my favorite thing about Utah was the uh, the book. Slash movie holes. Other mm. than that, I don't care. Was that was that based stuff. in Utah? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing about Utah was those chicks we met in Vegas that one year. My, All of them were bad. My my favorite thing about Utah is that I'm not there. All right. The movie was <laughs> yes. uh, not yeah, only yeah. directed by Boots Riley, but it was also written by Boots Riley, uh, which is actually incredible. To, that's two uh, checks. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or no checks if the movie doesn't that's, do well. <laughs> that's more checks than the people at Movie Pass got. You're betting. Yeah, no right. <laughs> <laughs> You're betting a lot of yourself. Yo, they're like, they, he got two checks. Yeah, Are you yeah. Shitting me. <laughs> Can't get one. <laughs> <laughs> they froze my line of credit. Everything. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, basically, um, uh, this film uh, follows uh, a, a young man um, uh, by the name of uh, Cash, uh, and Cash, uh, he's dating uh, his girlfriend. What was his girlfriend's name? Detroit. I believe that's her name. Yeah, uh, and uh, his girl's name was Detroit. I believe so. Yes, Ooh, that's either uh, good or bad. Bad. Uh, so uh, he's dating Detroit, but he's also uh, uh, trying to get employment. Um, and so we sort of follow his journey from from one trying to get employment to getting employment, and sort of how he sort of handles that progression um, uh, of uh, coming from. A, and Fabe, you can. That's kind of a broad overview of the of the sort of the movie, um, but you can obviously jump in to talk about sort of the more intricate details of the plot. I think with this segment and uh, full disclosure here, guys, we're clearly working out the kinks of this uh, of this segment. Um, but what I think we're going to do is go through sort of line by line in terms of how we feel about uh, the different elements of the movie, such as like the plot and characters. 
uh, set design, um, soundtrack, uh, and then yeah. you know, kind of anything so, else. That so, so just about. to just to make sure, because uh, full transparency, I did not watch the movie. As no, you didn't. To. Son um, of a bitch. So it's this young man who's going on like a, kind of like a, a growth journey, a personal growth journey. Yeah, actually, you're a good test subject to yeah. see if we're not explaining something correctly. So this is what I planned from the beginning. It is not. What you um, from I am the audience's ear. Yeah. Uh, so this young man, he's going on a, a personal growth journey to mm-hmm. from, you know, being unemployed, uh, which comes with its own struggles, uh, to also being in a relationship, which comes with, you know, that adds a complexity to being unemployed, right? Like, yeah. you got your girl, but you can't take her out to a movie, take take her out to dinner. Yeah. Um, you you can't afford rubber, so you got to pull out. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. he he does find employment and. Uh, you know, he meets uh, an older man who play, who's played by uh, Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Yeah. Um, who kind of gives him the biggest tip to uh, success at that company, which is basically what the uh, what all the commercials of the movie kind of suggest that he has to talk with his white voice. Yeah. Which they did in a very uh, they did that in a very interesting way. And I think it was set up great by Danny Glover's character in that how he sort of s- spoke about what it means to like have a a white voice Um, that he was saying. It's not just, you know, you speaking nasally. It was this idea that you're speaking without having like almost like you're carefree. Like whoever you're talking to wants to be you. Like you're, you're speaking as in like (laughs) when I get off today, I'm going to hop in my convertible and drive home to my trophy wife and have sex. Yeah. So you should be listening to what I'm saying and take what I'm offering you. Absolutely. <laughs> it was an air of confidence with the white voice more than the sound. Like exactly. Even though the sound was, you know, obviously embellished to be like what everyone would probably. It's the like, the, the, like the, the you need me more than I need you. So exactly. Uh, yeah. Which. Uh, or, OK. And, and before we get into all that, the company that he goes to work for is called uh, is I believe is Reginald or Regal. Yeah, Regal. Uh, Regal Views or something like that. Yeah, Regal yeah, View, yeah. Um, which essentially is a telecommunications company where they go make basically, I think, cold calls to, to people and sell them product. Yeah. Um, I, I forget exactly what type of product that they sell them. I don't think they specify. Yeah, I'm not sure if they actually specify what product communications they, they sell. Communications products. Um, but essentially, uh, uh, so he goes to work for this company and Danny Glover gives him the information that he's looking for. But then the, and also uh, another layer sort of added to it where they plant the bug in his ear saying, hey, um, if you do well in this area, then you might get called up to what's called uh, a power caller, which is essentially, um, you know, it's like the level up from it's where you can start making big money instead of just making the, the chump change that they're making at. Um, at, at the lower level, uh, so it it basically follows his es- escalation of he's uh, he starts implementing this white voice, which he thinks is at first is like a joke and like he kind of doesn't take it serious, but then I don't know he starts getting good at it and then and it's like natural for him. But so the big issue at that particular moment is when he does start um, crafting it and um, kind of masters it is the rest of the employees at the company are planning a strike. Yeah. And now he has to decide whether he's going to continue his road of success or is he going to join his friends um, with the strike? Yeah. And which so, he ultimately does not join them with the strike 
and well, continue. Well, b- before we let the cat out of the bag, okay. uh, I, I, I think that's something that's worth discussing. Um, so right now we're going to be discussing, obviously, the plot of the movie. So we're going through the plot. Um, I think that was a constant theme in the movie. Uh, to me, the constant theme of the movie was perspective, that based on your perspective, your views change on how you feel about certain things. Right. So, for instance, his coworkers weren't really given the love to go up to the power caller uh, position. Right. So they're just they're going to be stuck in this position basically forever because they're not really like his friend, his, his best friend, which was uh, played by Jermaine Fowler. Um, I believe his name was Salvador. Um, uh, he he was saying like they told him the same thing like three months ago when he started at the company because he, he also works at the company and then eventually uh, Detroit ends up working at the company too part time um, but uh, Cash's best friend um, is saying that hey they told me the same thing but he knows that it's not going anywhere so therefore he knows he's basically stuck in this position uh, this lower level position that he's basically never going to get out of which I'm assuming that everybody else sort of on the floor feels the same way but here's this here here goes this guy who he comes in he's got the hot hand and so he starts being successful with it and killing it in the calls and they eventually say you know what I think we might there might be room for you up there with the power callers so I think that was a constant theme in the movie of perspective because I think he's a good guy I think deep down or that he seemed like he was a good guy can deep we down. take a second to talk about um <clears throat> his manager. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, 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 the face tattoos. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, before you guys hilarious. do that, before you, I want to jump in and share my like thoughts on because I've worked in like two of those call uh, center environments, right? Yeah, where you're on the phone with people, you don't know like who you're talking to, mm-hmm. but you do know that people when they call into you know whether you're cold calling out or people are calling in, people kind of like expect a certain level of professionalism that was allowed at Fabian's pouring a glass of wine right now and it's the most it was loud the loudest pour, pour ever <laughs> um, woke up the neighbors so people do kind of expect like a certain level of professionalism right like I'm always surprised whenever I call in somewhere um, and somebody answers the phone like hello I'm like whoa like where was <laughs> what was the friendly intro like thank yeah. you for calling sir uh, how may I be of assistance to you today you know so I'm always surprised by that. And I struggle with, you know, whether or not it's like you are like putting on your, your white voice, which I think most black people like, you know, who work in those type of environments or people of color should be able to put bilingual on their resume because you kind of have to be able to, you know, put on that white voice and then also be able to speak to people of other ethnic of ethnicities in. How do, how do you guys feel about that in terms of, having a quote-unquote white voice because I've always been told my entire life that I have a white voice but to me that would always just seem like a weird thing because it, it it's honestly, always it's based, like an insult to me it's yeah, I've been told that before it's it, weird it's always I, I get told that like once a month dude yeah but it, like the way that I sort of view it is is like it depends on who I'm talking to right like so if I'm talking to one of my boys yeah of course like I'm gonna be using whatever fucking shit that we're saying at the time right but if I'm talking to like if I'm working at a company and here are these like 80 year old white guys, it's like communications about um, delivery most of the time. Right. Like if I'm going up doing like, Yo, what's up, son? 
like I feel like that's going to be. I guess that's the difference though, because because for instance, maybe when a white guy and he's talking to his boys, then he goes and talks to this eighty year old white guy. There isn't much of a change. I that, guess. But that's what I'm saying. It's just like, it's it's not necessarily. I think everybody views it as like a bad thing. Like, and I guess it's because it's like, you don't want to like, I don't want to have to adapt the way the fuck that I I speak to you in order to drive my point home. I want you just to accept my point for whatever the fuck it is. Right. But I feel like if somebody's older, just by the mere fact that they're older, they're not going to be like, you're going to say some shit. Like I'm going to be like, yeah, you have to use more. You got to say shit that they're going to understand, put it into a, put it into a context that they're going to understand it. Old white guy doesn't know what the trap jumping means. Yeah. I really don't (laughs) feel like he's up on that. He's hot. So like, you know, it's funny. Like as you guys were saying that I was thinking about like the difference between when you walk into like a footlocker store. Right. And if you walked into like a runner's world, like one of those technical performance running stores where they have like the, $300 $300 running shoe for uh, you know Boston marathons and shit like that right um, you walk into one of those stores like how are you doing sir like how, how may I help you what type of shoe are you looking for are you looking yeah. for something uh, like a distance running shoe with 5k you know you're looking oh, for something with like a lateral stability you know like it's a different kind of, you walk in a foot locker what up bro what's what up son for? what you need Hey, you need some kicks? Yeah. Let me get them, let me get them, let me get them like 11s. You know, let me get the flu games. You know, like you could have a different conversation, but it's like the same exact product and environment. Yeah. Um, I think it really just comes down to knowing your environment, knowing right. the customer that you're speaking to and um, still tailoring your communication to like, you know, in sales, the end of the day, you're trying to sell a product. So you just got to you got to speak your customer's language right yeah so in this particular character's situation he was probably speaking to very like high level like executives or decision makers at the companies to which this telecommunications company well, was no, selling he, products he, so he was uh, i think especially at that lower level that he was at he was selling to just like people like, it wasn't, Joe it wasn't like, yeah. okay so he, it was like a consumer product versus yeah. like yeah. selling to another business exactly okay and it was it was more of a case where they were t- like danny glover's character was telling him to speak that way because it's like just like you said like you want to be you want to sound like carefree because people aren't gonna try to buy from you if you sound like you're trying to sell them something so yeah. you want somebody to be like yeah, whatever you can buy it, not buy it. I don't. Yeah. I'm just trying. And, I'm like your friend here. Like, and I just selling wanna... to a consumer is so much different because nine times out of ten, the consumer doesn't want what exactly. you're selling them. Yeah. Whereas if you're selling to a business, the business probably either wants it or yeah. realizes they have a need for it. Yeah. So the customer, you have to choose your words very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, to button up the whole plot situation is, um, so there's this. There's also at the same time that we're dealing, we're seeing all that stuff happen with. Cash's character, who's if I didn't say so, I'm, I apologize already. But um, Lakeith Stanfield is the main actor in the movie, and uh, he's, he's he plays Cash's character. Um, he Cash, uh, at the same time that we're following his journey, there's also this other sort of thing going on called Worry Free, which essentially is this like sort of overarching company. Wait, 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 what the fuck was that? What did you say? Worry Free, like Worry Free, like Worry Free, yeah, like W O R R Y. Why do you say it like that? War? You just say weird. You, you say worry free. <clears throat> how do you yeah. say it? Stop doing that. How do you say it? Tell me how you worry. You say worry. I don't, you sound like you're I think he was just trying to, to drive it home, so it made him sound a little weird. Yeah, yeah don't don't do that. Worry anymore. free. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah, shit. <laughs> That's what? just the way I say worry. Oh, you're God. saying like W A R. Wait. 
War. Like a warry zone. That's what you, that's what you're saying. Warry. Like. Is that how you say it? Yo, you need to chill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I honestly don't know what's happening right now. No, like, right. you say it as if you like had just sucked a dick or something like that. <laughs> Jesus you need Christ. to cut that out. All right, well. All right but yeah, um worry. no no back. War- what were worry you free. It's worry free. Worry free. I, I don't worry know. You sound free. like you're trying to be English or something. No, but back to worry free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so anyway, so so yeah, so uh they're sort of like an if I'm understanding like they're like an or overarching sort of company that I get, I, has their hands in a lot of different pots, right? It seems um, to be maybe like a, a parent company. Yeah, I, but I, 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 it, I didn't really understand exactly. Um, and yeah, it's maybe, probably a parent country, parent company who has like different legs or branches of the company. Exactly. Yeah, and so uh, so they're and they're having issues in terms of like uh, there are a lot of sort of protests and, and Cash's girlfriend, uh, Detroit. Um, she is like so, like a, a real big activist, and like you know, she's like always like very artsy. So, like, artsy and... This movie about you? <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so she's so she already takes issue with like that whole shit, like that they're doing. Like the so whole she's corporate already, shit, exactly. Yeah. So what happens is is that um, Cash's character. Uh, or cash gets called up to he's so good in, in this level that he's in he gets called up to be a power uh power caller but that coincides with they're literally doing a strike for uh the the people everybody who's on their floor they're doing a strike and i believe uh it was uh steven yen's character which is uh, his name squeeze if i'm not mistaken yeah steven yen from the walking dead uh, yes yes asian guy yeah. from the walking dead i, I don't watch the walking dead so yeah. Yes, I mean, of course uh, you don't. Yeah, I don't. It's trash. Uh, but uh, yeah, so his his character is sort of the organizer of the office, and he tries to, and he understands that uh, Cash's character is like he's really good, and that he might, if he's on their side, then that could be really sort of helpful for them. So at first, Cash's character is like, yeah, I'm all for the strike, but then th- they like call him up to be a power caller, and he's like. No, guys. I'll I'll see you guys later. Yeah. And so obviously his you know everybody takes issue with him being called up to be a power caller, but then that's when we're introduced to uh, Omari uh, Hardwick's character. Is is that the the guy from Power? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. And and he doesn't actually have a name. It's just Mister. And then there's underscores. Well, so so it's Mister. But then literally in the movie they have it where like that their mouths are like. Uh, like uh, faded out, or, yeah. or it's it's like blocked censored out, in a way, blurred yeah. blurred out when they say his name, and so I found it very curious why that was. And my initial instinct is to say that it didn't really matter what his name was because at the end of he's the day, he's well, he's not only that, but he's a worker just like everybody else. Now his character set up great because he from the beginning of the movie when cash first goes into the, the uh, regal view uh he sees uh, uh this uh omari's character but he's like going into this special elevator that's like gold and shit and like he looks all slicked out he's got the nice suit or nice shirts on and shit like that and he doesn't say anything he just kind of like just is caring about his business and so so i'm looking at it as in cash is looking at him like oh shit like that's that's what the shit I want to get to. Yeah. Um, but because ultimately, um, Mr. Blank, he was a, uh, he was a big time player at the company, but he still had his bosses that 
treated him like shit. Exactly. And so I think that's why it didn't matter what his name was, because yeah. at the end of the day, he's still he's just another not, guy with a he's boss. just another guy. You know, even yeah. if he's making all this fucking money, even if he's got all this shit, it doesn't matter. And the funny thing about it is, so when Cash's character gets called up to the to the power caller level, um, uh, they apparently can't speak in anything but the white voice up there, which I, yeah. which is a obvious but neat sort of thing to think about of like, okay, in order to progress to certain levels within a lot of these corporations that exist, it's like you have to do that. Like you can't go in there and be like, what's up, Slim? Like, yeah, that's just not going to fly. You're never yeah. going to progress or be anything more. You got yeah, like, to keep good, good the character. Good morning, Charles. How was your weekend? Exactly. You can't be like, hey, what's up, man? What'd you do? And that's something, so I took notes during the movie and that was literally one of my notes was that um, a, a lot of the movie too had to had to do with fading into your role so there's a point in the movie where cash's character forgets or he's still talking in his white voice even when he doesn't really have to and he begins to like forget like oh wait like that's not my actual voice which i thought was like a uh, a really neat sort of way of sort of displaying that of of if you play a role for so long then you like you eventually you'll stop being able to tell the difference between you and that character you know what I mean? yeah and then so um let's let's kind of get to where yeah let's, let's, let's the movie kind of picks up and you know you really get to the conflict of it yeah guys i mean fuck come on uh, <laughs> so he so he's yeah, invited watch the movie first then talk shit he's invited to this exclusive party um you know he's there there's a lot of uh big shots there the, the main ceo top guys there and he kind of he's kicking the shit with them which is an them, army hammers character. yes uh, which his name was in the movie uh, Steve Le- uh, Lift. Yeah, Stephen. Le- yeah, Steve yeah. Lift. Um, Steve Lift, and um, so he's kicking the shit with them, telling that he's really impressed with them and how he's rised from you know where he was. And they're sitting down, everybody's drinking, having a good time. It, it's it's kind of the typical party you would imagine happens in or you see in movies <clears throat> for these real successful uh, business people, where a lot of drugs, a lot of women. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep coughing my throat. But um, so they're sitting down and he's they're like, "Yo, let's do some coke," you know. And you know, they do the coke, but then he goes off to the bathroom, and then he sees, he hears something in the stall, and then the guy, it's a guy in there, and he busts out the stall, and it's like this motherfucker that's like half man, half horse. Yeah. And he's freaking out. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, you know, he he runs back into the room where Mister Lift is. And he's like, yo, what the fuck was that? Boom, boom, boom. And the guy, the guy, the the sort of half man, half horse uh, is basically like, oh, I'm in pain. I'm in pain or I'm hurting and I'm hurting. And it's like he's talking to him like a regular person. Like it's it's the weirdest. It's the yeah. most eerie thing. I think I can, the word I can compare it to is in uh, Annihilation. When you see the the creature yeah. that walks in, that's how fucking freak. Because that shit freaked me the fuck out when they, you see the fucking bear thing. And mm-hmm. but it's like yelling in a human voice. Yeah, that's what the fuck it reminded me of. It was so weird. Like it, I feel I felt immediately uncomfortable watching. So so basically, um, the cocaine air quotes that that he did is what they use to turn people into that. But he he lies to him and tell him that's not what that was. That was just coke. What we did. Don't worry about that. But basically, what this company is trying to do, their goal is to turn workers into better workers by turning them into these half horse people because they're faster. They're stronger and it's just more productivity 
and you know that's obviously affects the bottom line that's the the, the, the key about the thing about the movie Turning is really about workhorses yeah you, i think you go into this movie thinking it's a it's a race thing which and and it does play to the it race is. thing a little yeah. bit but the real thing the real point of the movie is about kind of more corporate america and what they're willing to do it's, it's a it's a it's a real blank commentary on capitalism yeah um but then and also i should have we should have noted that so when he gets to the power caller level uh the thing that he's selling because it's different he doesn't sell the same thing that they're selling on the 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 bottom level they're selling essentially they're selling labor so they're basically just selling people yeah at that at that point uh and so then that ties into the whole him seeing this these horses or these half man half horses kind of shit and uh and so that leads him to kind of break out of his mindset of like oh shit like he realizes what he's doing is wrong meaning that he realizes that him selling labor because at first he sees that he's selling labor he's like guys i don't think i can sell labor and then they show him how much money he's gonna be making he's like nope don't have a problem with that yeah um but then it takes seeing this to shake him out of that of what the fuck is going on here now mind you he did coke himself so he's constantly worried about like oh shit did i or did this white powder himself which he thought was coke now he's wondering am i going to turn into one of these workhorses as, as, as well yeah um and so I think that's as much as the movie as I, I kind of want to, I feel comfortable enough. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think away. we can leave it there. I mean, yeah. the, the movie sounds like that sounds like a very, it's interesting, a very process interesting movie yeah. that, you know, even though this, the point of this segment is to kind of like review and talk about the movie. I feel like I'd love to see the rest and how it ends. And I think, you know, yeah, uh, we'll leave it there. Yeah, that's fine. We can leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave um, that there. Um, but to, to jump into some of the categories. There, was at any point in the movie, like, was there any titties? No, not titties, but uh, definitely some explicit scenes. Yeah, there was explicit I don't remember scenes. I don't remember exactly but, uh, which body no part. T- oh, okay. Yeah. No. I, I but, just uh, like to know that in advance. <laughs> can you not right. watch a movie unless there, there's titties in a movie? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But like it now I can, I need, I know what space I need to be in. <laughs> Jesus. You know? Are you going to, are you jerking off during these movies? Is that like a. No, hey, listen. Don't ask those questions if you don't want the answers. <laughs> you goddamn okay? right. All right. Uh, so, Today, what are you, what are your thoughts on just uh, you know well, anything you want to get to? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me let me go through. So we're gonna go through point by point. All right, characters. Uh, how do you feel about the characters overall? Um, <clears throat> I re- I really like the characters. Um, I I thought everyone kind of like their roles were there. Like you know, he had his best friend. Mm-hmm. He had his girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. himself as uh, a character. Um, You're talking more cash. Yeah. Okay. And then he has uh, and squeezes there and squeezes. They're kind of in the same job. And at, at some point they were probably seeing eye to eye, but then, you know, uh, cash just becomes a power caller. And so he separates from him, but then you kind of see squeeze kind of, you realize squeeze really isn't that good of a friend. You know, I don't, I don't think I saw like that. I think, you see how squeeze was all about the cause uh no matter what and cat like he felt betrayed by cash which he re- he reacted that way like appropriately like it was, i don't know if it was a what does his girl have to do with that you know what i mean he starts like oh they just didn't like each other yeah, you yeah. talk about cash and, cash um, and squeeze the, the way i saw that was like uh, martin no i no, thought i thought they um, looked cool i want to make sure i understand the question that was are you guys talking about like the characters overall in terms of how they played into the story or are you guys like doing individual character breakdowns? We're just, yeah, just, yeah, talking, yeah, about we're just talking about how you feel about characters. Okay. Overall. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay. So let me make this quick. Uh, so very I, quick. I, I, shut up. 
Uh, I really loved um, Army Hammer's character. I thought it's probably the best role that I've seen Army Hammer play ever. Yeah. At first, when I first saw Army Hammer, I think it was like the Lone Rangers when I fir- was first introduced Fucking to Army Hammer. I hate Army Hammer. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate him in pretty much everything, but in this movie, I felt like he knocked it out of the fucking He was in Hurt Locker, right? Army Hammer? Yeah. He might have been. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen Hurt Locker. I can't remember. Um, I think that was Jeremy Renner. He, he, yeah, Jeremy Renner. I thought the they both guy. were, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I forget. Either way. Uh, okay. Uh, but then I also love Tessa Thompson's character as Detroit, uh, uh, um, Cash's girlfriend. Um, very interesting character. She's very, just like we sort of said, artsy, sort of, kind of. Um, she's an activist. I didn't like um, her. You didn't? Fair enough. Uh, I think she always plays like the character that. It's it's crucial, but you just feel uncomfortable with her. Like I didn't like her in. Uh, wasn't she in? No, Creed? no I don't want to talk yeah, about the Creed. actor. I didn't like her in. Um, what was that movie uh, that we that we all just watched with the with the Shimmer? Oh, Annihilation. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like her in that. Uh, I didn't she like her in. A, well, no, 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 Ragnarok. Yeah. No, no, no. But I'm I'm not talking about the actress. I'm talking about the character. Yeah. Detroit. I, I didn't like Detroit. I didn't like the decisions um decisions she made. I didn't in like terms her of like what like sleeping with the. Yeah, obviously that. Um, and and, and it's kind of maybe what she needed to do, but I, yeah. I didn't like the way she really kind of went about it, and I didn't like how her her viewpoint on uh, Cassius and his decisions because yeah. to not understand his point and and I, she can still believe what she wanted to believe but yeah. i i felt like she didn't understand his point to yeah, even go I, I think, from there i think that she understood it to a certain point where she saw it starting to change his character yeah and i think that that's what was her cutoff point which i think was a proper cutoff point but i'm not even speaking in terms of like her decisions i think that it was just a well-acted role like oh yeah yeah she, no it was well acted she, yeah, she, for sure. she she fell into the role yeah great um and when the thing that i found really interesting with her was that like they always would change her earring she really had these like weird yeah earrings, yeah, which you yeah kind of yeah. see in the trailer if you watch a trailer for it uh really interesting earrings the squeeze like, usually always, always noticed it yeah you which know, is kind of like a flaw the other guy always kind of notices the earrings and the nails yeah. that the boyfriend like he sometimes doesn't. doesn't always exactly so they um, kind of played that up and then i think danny glover also had a, a a really good role in this movie which uh you know in his later years i think uh is yeah, it's interesting that he doesn't get more roles. Uh, it's it's a weird uh, for, for yeah. A I, I like the stars. roles he takes. I feel like they're these like kind of in your face like I've done it all. Let me do some shit that I really want to do kind of roles. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right. So uh, moving on to the uh, uh, to the visuals. Okay. Uh, how do how do we feel about the visuals? Um, I'm not sure if I really loved how the horse people look, and maybe that's what they would look like in this kind of test run phase of what they're trying to do but i don't know it, it was <laughs> alarming they're gonna like there's like they're gonna like no, design I, them like <laughs> you know what let's make them look prettier like, yeah oh, I, and i this, i understand like, i understand it yeah. but i was just like what the fuck is that Yo, it's get, it, it did exactly what it was yeah. supposed to do which is and, like and so scare it, the fuck out it, of it was probably good overall it was alarming because it is a more of a prototype you know what i mean yeah so it, it probably looks the way it should look but I was just like, <laughs> no, like I, I think from a movie so standpoint, maybe it actually it, was good. Yeah, yeah. It, it did exactly what it was supposed to, but just yeah. be unsettling. Exactly, That's the yeah. only way I can describe it is as unsettling. Um, everything else. I mean, I thought I thought the suits, um, the outfits, the uh, you know, the settings that they had, the uh, the cars, the home. I, I thought it was all great. I even you know down to uh Detroit's artwork. 
yeah. I, I thought a lot of stuff was good. Anything visually, I thought it was it was pretty good. I didn't I, have too many complaints. I, I thought think. they went in a really interesting direction when they, like, the, so like when he would talk in a white white voice, he would literally like his entire office would change, and suddenly he'd be inside of the. Uh, like if he was talking to somebody who was in the living room, he'd be right there with them in their yeah, living room. Yeah. And like at one point, like the guy, like is like smoking weed and he's like acting like he's friends with oh, him. He's smoking with literally, him. he's like talking to him on a phone. And Cash is still in his office, but it's almost like he's like smoking the weed with him. Like literally, he takes the weed from him. He's smoking he it too. Yeah, you know. So I thought that was a really interesting choice, really cool choice that they that they went with there. I thought it was a really. Um, uh, interesting that they, thing that they did and there was actually one specific scene that i thought was really cool it was when it was when they're doing sort of a um montage of cash um uh after he sort of got you know he was he got the power caller uh thing and all that and you know they like removed the sheets from the, his him and his girl but like they didn't remove the sheets it was just like they were kind of just falling into like yeah. this this role you know of like okay this is what's going on now and i thought that was a really sort of interesting thing that they that they did with it so i thought the video the 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 visuals for this were really um unique and yeah. i think that uh that was a really great way to sort of help tell the story um john i thought johnny the manager played by michael summers um his character to me was just. <laughs> it was funny. He was it, it was really funny, funny but like the why, like I just want to know why did they give him like the face tattoos, and <laughs> some of these other things. Like, I I, I just got to do some research and figure out like if I could figure out like the motivation or the reason for that. But yeah. I, I thought it was good because it's just so obvious, and then you see him in his scenes, and you're like, yo, what is up with that? Like, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. looks like a sleazy motherfucker too, right? He, he was a sleazy motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so. uh let's go on to the the um uh the soundtrack or the audio uh, uh for the film uh, i thought it had a really striking soundtrack uh i thought that uh there's this one song that kept playing that was just like they would do at the like the most important scenes where it was like it would hit you like a fucking mm-hmm. rock and it wasn't sort of like your t- like it wasn't the thing that i would normally think to pair up with a movie like this it was sort of the antith- uh antith- antithesis of that uh uh and it was very appropriate, but it wasn't what I was expecting for a movie like this. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, it's been like a week and a half now since I've seen this. I don't remember all of the the soundtrack and the score of it, but I, I don't remember anything that made me say like, why are they playing this? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it melts it into the movie, but I feel like it was really sort of unique for the movie to, to, to have sort of the, uh, uh, the, the sort of the, and it created a certain vibe that I thought right. was, uh, it was sort of a it was a dark humor vibe but at the same time it was like i don't know exactly where this is going vibe and this is kind of serious slash i don't know what the fuck's happening vibe so i i thought that was really good it was a good touch for the movie um and then uh let's do uh the structure in terms of how do we feel about the pacing of the movie how do we feel about how the, the overall flow for it yeah I, I thought i thought it was great i didn't feel like it was rushed i didn't feel like any part was really dragging um and then I thought when we got to the part where you you get to the the, the horse um, people, it was it was like right there. There wasn't some like big build up or intro to like you know something's about to happen and it's taking forever to get to it. And not that that can't be done in a good way, but when you get to it, it's just quick and it's alarming and they surprised you. There isn't like there isn't some like intro to it. Um, I, I thought that was good. I thought the whole pace was good. I didn't feel like they rushed the end. Or anything like that. 
Yeah, I I thought I thought it did, if if I had one critique of the movie, it would definitely be that the pacing for me. Uh, yeah. I, I felt like towards the beginning of the second act, I felt like they really slowed things down a bit, and everything kind of got bogged down, like in the whole transition of him going from a regular caller to a power caller. I think right after that transition is when the movie really slowed down for me. And I thought that the pacing was really uneven where at the beginning it was really fast paced, you know, like one of the first scenes, if not the first scene is of him going in for the job. And it just, it's pretty much quick hit after that, which I was okay with up until they pretty much slowed it down in the, in the the middle of the second act, um, which I think carried over towards to the end of the movie, the end of movie, the end of movie really picked up, but I feel like that whole second, that the midway point. Yeah, the second I, I, act I can see what you're saying went, on went that. Kind of slow. Um, I, I think I think the only other thing that maybe I'll comment on is that, and I, maybe I just missed it. There wasn't a clear explanation of how the uh, the the horse people were freed, and maybe there was. I don't oh, it did remember. he? Yeah. So whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, did we oh, say yeah. that? Well, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who's out there who's <laughs> listening to this, but uh, yeah, we didn't. Uh, it wasn't I mean, a were you important, not, ex- it wasn't were you an important not expecting detail. that to happen? Uh, I don't know. Let, it's let, not an important detail, honestly, let, but let, I just don't remember how the they pocket. said it, they got free. It's it's let, not an important detail at yeah, all. Let, it, it makes no I'm, I'm half wanting to like just say it because you're the one who didn't see it. No, no, so no I mean, it's not, it's not even for that reason. It's because like, like while I do love the movie review, it's like, at sometimes, like if there's a really good movie and there's a interesting part that that's not even like a, it doesn't really even. I'm telling you that it's, it's not, not it's consequential. Like, yeah, it's it's inconsequential. I, I still, but anyways, it didn't change anything. For we me. digress. Um, so one thing uh, that I did like uh, that you guys talked about was the character who Omari Hardwick played, who uh, was Mister No Name, right? Um, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about him in a second. Absolutely. Yeah. Just one sec. Uh, so, uh, so we talked about the structure. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about is what are our overall feelings for the movie in terms of what direction do we think, what, what do we think the movie was trying to say overall? Uh, and would we press play or not? Um, I, I like the message of what it was trying to say. And I like how the message wasn't even 100% obvious. Like I said, you, you go into this thinking it's a movie about race. And obviously, there's some of that in there. But Did, did you think that based on just based, based on the commercials? On the trailer? Okay. Just commercials and gotcha. trailers. Okay. Um, and then throughout watching the movie, you, you kind of get this feel of that. and um, But then you really realize the, the main thing is about the movie is uh, capitalism and uh, corporate America. And just just work, period. Um, yeah, yeah. So I and and to to answer the question, I, I would press play, and I would tell others to press play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the the things that I would say about the movie, just to wrap this up, is uh, two, maybe even three points. Uh, clearly, just like you said, it was a commentary on capitalism, and they did it in really sort of neat ways. They weren't necessarily subtle ways, but they did it in neat ways. Yeah, that I, th- that I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then I like the uh, they had a diverse cast. By my standards, I guess it would be a diverse cast because it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was like a black movie. It didn't feel like it was a you know, a movie that was just obviously clearly not dominated by white people. It was something that like there was a little bit for everybody in there. Uh, yeah. Steve uh, or um, um, what's the guy from Walking Dead? 
Um, Steve Yoon. Steve Yoon. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Yoon. Yeah. Yoon. Yeah. Steven yeah. Yoon. Um, his character uh, was a really critical character in, in in the movie, and he knocked it out of the park. Um, and I think that you know, just give people fucking chances to like do shit, you know, and and be main characters in movies, and you'll be surprised what the fuck they do with it. And I think he did a great job uh, in, in his particular role in, in the film. Yeah. Um. I, I know we're about to wrap this up, but uh, do you have a favorite scene or? Uh... Yeah, uh, my favorite scene was, uh, or my favorite, not necessarily, it wasn't, it wasn't even a scene. It was Cash was talking about when they were riding around the car. And it was what told me about the movie overall was how he felt about the football players, how he was saying that, look at like, look at them just running around fucking playing football and going to go work at like the, uh, I think, it was, I think it was a furniture uh, store. Uh, in the movie and how he was saying like that informs you about his character. And I think that that informed how his perspective in terms of how he saw his position in it all. And I thought that was a telltale thing that, that I thought was really neat. That was like a small thing, but I don't know. I found it neat. Um, So yeah, I I would definitely recommend this movie and I would definitely press play on it as soon as you can. Cause you, it, this is the type of movie that I I would I actually like seeing this in theaters, which I do, usually don't. I usually like seeing smaller, quieter movies, just in my fucking house. <laughs> um, you know, obviously the big silver blockbuster. See that in a theater, but this is a movie I enjoyed going to the theaters. Yeah, for. I, w- I would say my um my favorite scene, and I think I have a runner up, is when he's um when they're asking him to rap, and he it's not yes. natural to him, <laughs> and he's like, I wrote that down. He's not like, doing yeah. a good job at it, and yeah, they're yeah. like not impressed, and he's yeah. killing the party, and yeah, then yeah, he's yeah. just like, fuck it, he's just like, nigga shit, yeah, yeah. nigga, 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 nigga shit, nigga, and he and just, then everybody he just starts, that's what he says for like three minutes, and everybody starts like, repeating yeah. it, yeah, yeah, and everyone starts repeating it, and it was just like, it kind of just speaks to obvious things that won't get into um my my other uh favorite scene was probably just one of the best exchanges i've seen between two actors um when he's him and his best friend are going back and forth but oh, they're that complimenting was great, each other that was it they're a like scene, they're yeah. like yeah you have a nice day well you have a nice week now you have a nice month you'd be like you want to go get some coffee yeah espresso <laughs> yeah latte <laughs> like <laughs> you're gonna go out for a drink afterwards yeah, yeah. i'm gonna get one drink no you're gonna get two drinks nah i'm gonna get you three drinks like, it was like it was funny as fuck yeah it was, it, really, good it was really good it was so good if yeah. i can like jermaine fowler and uh lakeith stanfield had yeah great, uh, if i can just go back and just watch a scene man i would i want to like just rehearse and know word for word line for line that scene man yeah, i want to like just perform that with someone like as yeah. like an inside joke or a thing we do when we see each other like yeah. uh so i think uh as a as a uh, at least the the unit that saw the uh, the movie i think that we both uh agree that uh you should definitely pr- uh, press play on a movie so uh if you can to a local uh, get to a local theater um I, I think it's only out in selected theaters i don't know if it's out uh um uh nationwide yeah, um, I'm a de- but, I definitely yeah, want to check this movie out. Um, yeah, definitely go yeah, check. Press the player, right? I'm going to be in DC this uh, the next couple of days, so um, yeah, go to the ch- you know, um the, the one in Chinatown. I'm going to figuratively press play on it. Um, <laughs> realistically, I'm going to uh, pay money and uh, some <laughs> exchange <laughs> they're, currency. They're going to give me a ticket. I'm going to give it to the lady at the fucking <laughs> ticket stand. I'm going to go sit down, and someone up there is going to run the reel. Um, yeah. But yes, I will press play. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, interesting fact about the movie: they uh, the budget was about three point two million, 
and they made back about 13.4 million with uh which for an indie film um with a budget like that is a come up it's not it's not yeah clearly not historic or or insane or anything like that but i think that it shows you you can make and that's money just like what first week movie. though huh no no that's overall that's the the movie only took 3.2 million dollars to make uh, but it made back 13.4, which, again, it's really modest. And, I mean, the movie's been out for how long? It's been a couple weeks, two, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, so, no, that's what, yeah. he, that's what his, his statement was. Like, oh, it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so gotcha. it, it still has time to generate a lot more. I, for some oh, reason, okay, I yeah. just, like, I felt dumb, and I was just like, oh, okay. I, I, was, <laughs> I felt like I was right, but I was like, okay, maybe I'm just talking yeah. some dumb shit. But, again, um, <laughs> I do want to talk about uh, our Wait, boy. Wait, before we even get to that <laughs> real quick, yeah, I, yeah. I do have a note, um, because I always wondered, and I just found this out was that Lakeith doing the white voice, but it's uh David Cross, who you might know from yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, he was in a uh, scary movie too. Yeah, he has his own uh, comedy specials. Yeah, uh, on Netflix. Guys, guys. Yeah, we're already gonna press play on it. Okay. Let's, uh, no, hey, look, if you, <laughs> if you were to watch the movie, right. you would have questions. No, no, but get the thing. Get the thing. Get the yeah. thing. So we're gonna change gears from that. Um, from that movie review, which, like, like I said, I definitely want to press play. Just listen, listen to you guys talk about the dynamics of the film. Um, definitely something I want to see. Uh, one of the guys who, in the film, who I thought played an interesting character in the movie, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> you thought he played an interesting character? Yes. And yet you didn't see it. Continue, yes. continue, continue. Yeah, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, just being a dick. Yeah. So, um... Omari Hardwick, right? Uh, the character who played the person who didn't particularly have a name in the movie, right? Uh, I think he's in an interesting place in his career because he's he's been acting for a very long time, right? He's been in the movie, the film uh, industry for like, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20, what, I don't know how old he is. He's been acting for a very long time. He was recently on uh, The Breakfast Club uh, with uh, Charlemagne the God and Angela Yee and DJ Envy. Uh, and they were talking about his, like, where he is right now in his career and how, like, you know, 10, 15 years later, like, he's reached, like, a point where he's a very well-known actor in Hollywood from the show Power uh, and playing the character Ghost. And now it's, like, 15 years later, I've built myself up to become this, like, well-known actor. But am I going to be able to escape this character and then go on to play different roles? Uh, so this movie is, is one where uh, he played a role much different than ghost. Um, or was it? Yeah. Well, it, this, this movie sure just was. shows um, that, and, and I hate when, for sure. I hate when actors feel they're, they're held to a character and I hate when people even feel like, can do, I think this person can break away from that. To me, um, when I see him, yeah, I'm always going to think of a ghost. But while I'm in watching the movie 15, 20 minutes in, I'm not thinking about ghost. And maybe that's just because he was he's a good actor. But so so I, let, let me let me go on yeah. to, to explain a little bit more. Um, I, I think it's his mannerism. Like he plays ghost so well because he is that way in real life. Right. Yeah, probably. He, he is. You know, he's sharp. He's decisive. He's articulate. He's. Um, you know, he kind of has this like sense of um, seriousness about him, which all translate very well into playing the character Ghost. Uh, so when you see him in a, another movie where he's playing like, you know, a lawyer, a, an executive, someone who's in a position of power, who's supposed to be sharp and decisive, like it's like, is that Ghost? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And um, so on the Breakfast Club interview with Charlemagne and DJ Envy, right? So like they're kind of giving him shit about that, right? And then he transforms into Ghost. He's like, so DJ Envy's like, you know, every time I see you, no matter where, what I see you in, I see you as Ghost. And he's like, so no matter, like, so even though I'm I'm an actor, I'm someone who's worked very hard to develop myself and become you know, this successful actor. Is like you only see me as this. And then Charlemagne was like. Yo, you're ghost right now <laughs> because, because he like yeah. dialed in. He became very like serious and like very um, direct, right? Which yeah. again just plays well to that character, goes so well. Uh, and that's why, you know, I was like when when I heard you guys talk about that character, I was like, damn, is and he playing like? Uh, is he? Is, is, am I gonna watch this movie and feel a little bit of ghost? As someone who watches Power, and I know we're about to um, even talk about Power soon, so we can just shift into that. I'll, I'll tell you now. No, I, I didn't get a feel of like ghost at okay. all yeah just be and, and and honestly just because of the guy that in the movie mr blank he as as high of a position as he has he um he uh he's still kind of like a pawn yeah which is not what ghost is i think his character obviously power uh on season five you and i have finished uh the first five episodes of the season i think like whenever I watch the show Power, just because I like that show and I also like the show Luke Cage, I can't help but to look at those two characters um, and do like a kind of like a comparative analysis, right? Um, I think some of the similarities are, are very st- strikingly obvious. They're both two um, African American men, uh, both you know articulate, handsome, uh, intelligent, uh, and they're both in positions of power, very different positions of power. Whereas Luke Cage has real physical power, uh, but Ghost uh, has put himself in a position of power to where he's like, you know, one of the bigger drug dealers in New York. He's the owner of these very successful nightclubs and these other business ventures. He's like the the head of his family, uh, and and he's also, you know, a, a motherfucker who could take you out. Right. That that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like powerful. Like if people know that, you know, you didn't. I th- he earned the name Ghost for a reason. I think people started to call him Ghost because of the way he moved, right? Like he was there, then he wasn't. He was like right, a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two very different positions of power. Both of them, for whatever reason, struggle with their power. And they both still have to answer to to to, to other people. Like and, and when I say that, it you know, you would think Luke Cage answers to nobody, right? Luke Cage answers to uh, the people of Harlem, he answers to like some of the more powerful drug dealers throughout the city of Harlem, right? And like, you know, he answers to his father. He answers to the women he's in relationships with. Um, and, and I think it's interesting looking at Ghost, like again, another very powerful, very smart, intelligent person who uh, str- has like emotional struggles. Like he lashes out a lot at people in situations where he shouldn't. Like in the last episode, he was at a banquet fundraiser for his daughter Right. Where he should have been very professional. But, you know, bam, he's, he turned into ghost. Right. Yeah. Um, so or I wouldn't even say he turned into ghost. He, he's he's James St. Patrick at that moment. But he's he's just not himself. Yeah. Because of obvious things. His daughter passed. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, with you talking about this whole thing about power, it's very that's a very interesting topic because it kind of goes back to what we were sort of discussing I, I think it was a few podcasts ago about power in terms of not necessarily the show but the, the concept of it right that power 
is a relative thing, right? So uh, I think uh, I think it was you, Fabe, that, that made the point that, like, okay, so like you know, if we're talk- if we're thinking about this in the context of like the New England Patriots, sure, you know, it'd be nice to be Tom Brady, but really, you want to be Robert Kraft because he's the yeah. most powerful por- person in that organization, right? Yeah. But then you start thinking about okay, well, Robert Kraft has other people to answer to as well. It's not he's not. He's yeah, I mean, he has a commissioner. Himself. He has other owners that he has to come to terms with. Exactly. He has lawmakers uh, that, that he has to answer. If he wants to get some shit done with the stadium, that he can't just do that shit off the rip. That yeah, he has to and I think he just got like a 35-year-old model pregnant. So, um, nice oh, that's fine. He's going well, to okay, To be to fair, his too. wife died like, what, like eight years ago or something like that. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm knocking the man. Get it. But like, don't get her pregnant. I mean, I th- I think that there's really no incentive for her other than getting pregnant. And well, I like, get a check. Lucky, <laughs> lucky kid. Do uh, you want to be the person fucking Robert Kraft? That uh, seems not to be the, uh, the the the. I don't know if he's the most appealing person to go like. No, even he's, four he's, old crusty old men. You know, he wasn't he's handsome not twenty fine. years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. But hey, lucky kid, uh, he is now part owner. Uh, or will be of the New England Patriots, the heir so. to the throne. Yeah, go kid. You know? Wait, does he, does Robert Kraft have any other kids? He, he's got to have other. I, kids. I'm sure there. he does, but those kids are probably like much older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like in their 30s, you know, 40s. When he dies, the, you know they'll probably like Inherit, run the yeah. family business, and then and when, then when they, they die, die, this kid who's like 30 years younger, yeah, yeah. Uh, will uh, will get a chance to sit at the Iron Throne. That is a fucking come on, man. <laughs> all so, but uh, all you have to do is just fuck Robert Kraft. That's yeah. all you got to do. Um, but like, so who, who do you think is more powerful, Luke Cage or or uh, Ghost or Jamie Sandpatrick? So or James. So here, here's where it becomes highly complex, right? I think both of those both of those characters that you just named have three different dynamics, right? There's James St. Patrick, who's you know the the father, the the husband, the the businessman, right? There's a ghost who's like the drug dealer, the 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 murderer, blah blah blah, right? And there's Jamie, who to Angela is this man who just wants to like just just be in love, and you know who's kind of like. Remember they went to Miami and they were like, you know, I, I would leave the I would leave everything, I would leave my entire life behind me, uh, never go back to New York just to be with you and stay yeah. here in Miami, right? And Luke Cage, there's Luke Cage, who's the superhero. He's like the, um, you know, he's the super individual who can stop bullets and blah, blah, blah. Then there's Carl Lucas, who is a uh, a, a man struggling with his like person, you know, person like his relationship with his father, the passing of his mother, his relationship with his brother. Right. And then there's the uh, what is it? King of Harlem. Yeah, is sure. is that like the character he kind of like? No, I, I don't think it's a new character. It's just uh. So I think at a certain point in the comics, title given to this character, he kind of like embodies that. Yeah, I'm yeah. the king of Harlem now, right? Where now he's like this person who both has physical power and who now and who like before he didn't have any money, he didn't have any like like he didn't have any anything material, and now it all comes to him at once. So now he's wearing the you know, thousand dollar suits and the big watch and driving the the big cars and he's a club owner and he's sitting up, you know, he's at the top of the club looking down upon everybody else. So like, you know, all within those two people, there's like six different characters, right? Um, and and not even to, not e- and, and I'll, I'll ask you this, not to even break it down into that many characters, but maybe two to three, but between the two men, 
who, who do you think uh, is more powerful for whatever reason? I would say Luke Cage is more powerful. Why? Because uh, I think he can, he, he identifies power not as, you know, like money or financial security or uh, ownership of anything. He identifies power as like being an individual, being his own man, being free, right? Not having to, uh, you know, wake up and, and go to work for this person or not living by the paycheck or living by the dollar, but just like being his own man, doing right by his community and his people, right? Where I think Ghost, what he wants is to, you know, he, he like he wants the club. He wants to be a successful businessman. He wants to be respected among his business peers. Um, so I think Ghost kind of attributes happiness and success and power to uh, financial freedom, putting his family in a financial right, situation. Well, let me jump in for you. You steal all the words. Yeah, anything yeah. I can say. Um, right. No, I agree. Um, I, I, I do think uh, Luke Cage is someone who I think Ghost would envy at the moment because he's saying you're doing what you want to do right now. And this is as far as we know, because the season ends not, you know, we don't get to see what goes on from here now that he has acquired um, Harlem's Paradise. Um, and is the king of Harlem now, whatever. But um, Ghost is a person who is, is just a theme in every season. He always gets sucked back in and can't escape the life. And he lacks the power to walk away at any time he wants. You know what I mean? Um, so his current situation now is um, the Serbians and Jason roll up on, uh, on him, Kanan, and um, Tommy. And they're like, you know what, Tommy, since you couldn't get it done, these two motherfuckers are in it too. And here is Ghost again like, fuck, man. <laughs> Every fucking time I'm just trying to live the straight life, I'm always being sucked back in. Yeah. So he kind of lacks the power to be able to just walk away from, from you know, whatever's going on. Where, where is Luke Cage right now? As far as we know, he's kind of in control of what's happening with himself as far as we know i think neither of them are ever gonna like escape or be free right because you know once you're in a dope game you're in a dope game it's gonna it's it's always gonna be attached to you right um and and then you know if if you're seeking financial like if you want to be a businessman um you can't be like this this highly successful businessman without the stress and the pressure that that comes with that right while also trying to be a family man right uh, and then Luke Cage, he he just wants to be a free man. He just wants Harlem to be safe and blah, blah, blah. But he, like when you have that type of power, you're going to, att- people are going to want to test you. Yeah. you know, you're going to attract that. So I think, neither I one think, of them is going to escape. I think too, they got something. But then after that, I got a question for you. Yeah, All right. I, I think it, it's, um, it's a case where you, you never are going to be free from it. Uh, and, and so if, you, if that's what you're using as a gauge for power, the ability to break loose, I don't know if that's correct gauge because if you're involved, then uh, you're you're already compromised from that angle. Yeah. Like if you're involved in anything, you're going to like it's you're going to be unless you just completely disengage from that thing. Like so, for instance, because Luke Cage is so intimately involved in the neighborhood, of course, he's invested in keeping it safe, things like that. But that's he's always going to be weighed down by that, meaning that like there's whenever anybody comes and like does anything if somebody fucking litters in the middle of the street 
Luke Cage is like, fuck, you know, yeah. like stop doing that <laughs> if shit. If ever there's you know? a police siren, he has to get out of bed. Exactly. To see what's going on. You here. know, because that's what he wants at the end of the day is for it to be safe. And because what he wants is it can often what you want often conflicts with what somebody else wants or involves somebody else. There's always going to be that dynamic of power that they get to control how you like what you're like. Uh, they get to, they they have some sort of control over you because you can't just be like all right I'm just not going to do anything because if right. you want that thing to happen you're going to have to do something for it you know so that's that's all that's um I, th- I think ultimately Ghost maybe gets what he wants before because I mean the thing about Ghost's character is just no matter what happens he he gets out of it you know what I mean and it it always leads him into something else while yeah. getting out of that but I think that the the ultimate um end for ghost's character uh is that uh he he finds a way out if if he's not killed i don't know i i have a hot take that uh ghost i mean um if he doesn't die the show of power ultimately follows uh dre because and i even heard the direct not the director but one of the creators coining him um as ghost 2.0 and I, you know, and that could just be something just, you know, tongue in cheek or whatever. But I, you know, I don't know what their plans are for the show two seasons from now, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if ghost or Patrick if he, if he or, or James up, St. Patrick dies, takes a back yeah. seat to another character at some point. Yeah. Two seasons, one season yeah, from now, maybe just takes his family and leaves New York and just, just, I don't, it. I don't see that because I don't even think they're a family anymore, but yeah, uh, true. Um, I, I, I did want to uh, get into one thing uh, for sure. Um, and I think this is going to be something that's going to have just a major ripple effect. Kendrick Lamar's appearance. when he w- I was nervous for him to be on the show because I every time there's a famous guest appearance on the show, I always feels like there's, there's it's going to be easier to fuck it up than for it to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think they did a great job. And listening to um, one of the creators' takes on how they approach guest appearances, it just makes perfect sense. You know, we had this discussion, but basically what she said was, when we have someone famous or as a guest appearance on the show, we want them to be the complete opposite of who they are. So they approached Kendrick and said, what are you not? Yeah. And he's like a crackhead. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where they went with it. So, you know, and just to elaborate on that a little bit more, uh, if if Jay-Z were to make it a guest appearance on the show, obviously he could not play a successful businessman, uh, musician, drug dealer. He'd have to pay, he'd have, you know, he'd be like a school teacher. Uh, you know, so he'd be... Uh, a uh, chef or work in the line yeah, in exactly. some restaurant. Just something totally opposite I of what he is. I think that is a, a brilliantly beautiful way to have these like very famous people on the show these like really like cool guest appearances that like fans of the show kind of want to see but make sure that it's done in a way where uh, it it adds value to the show versus just all right you know here's this famous person coming on the show who's you know playing a character that they've played in every other guest appearance they've ever had but that's very interesting that you say that because then that kind of applies and i'm not i'm not saying that's because you're wrong in fact i think you're right in both instances of saying it but it kind of flies in the face of Omari. Uh, him, there's a good part of him in Ghost. 
Yeah, right. well, I, I think I would. Well, I mean, those, you're those right. I think they were talking about on the show. I yeah, think guest, about appearances. guest appearances. Whenever there's like a famous, some famous rapper or football player, on the show. right? But but so like the thing with acting is, is you always want to reserve some part of that person in the role so that they have something that they can truthfully identify with. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Kendrick Lamar and his appearance on the show is like Kendrick Lamar comes from Compton, right? He comes like mm. you know his. I think his uh. Was it his mother or his father who was a crack addict? Uh, I or, think his father. Um, I think his father. Yeah, like one of, either his father or his mother was a crack addict, and um, one of his uncles too. Um, you know, the, the, the connection between him and his character would be that they're both from the streets. Yeah, it, it's. Not, I'm sure it wasn't difficult for Kendrick to pull from his like environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, in one of his songs, he raps about how like. You know, he and his mom or whatever they they lived in like this motel that was uh, also like a like a, a a drug dealing spot. Like all the drug dealers uh, sold dope out of this motel, and he they lived there for like a couple months and in, in his life, and they were like drug addicts and prostitutes. What, what's your thoughts on everywhere. his performance? I think he did well. I think Kendrick. Um, I think he's like a, a natural performer. Um, so acting kind of has, uh, you know. It, it, it may become somewhat natural to him and if he develops those those uh, those skills maybe if he like gets a coach and he really he really like tries to take it on he could do some good work he really did good because and then he was playing a, a Spanish cat yeah and the way he spoke you know and his lingo the, it, this, this, the, the it was the consistent speed with that yeah. a speed of a, uh, the way a Spanish person who would talk who who kind of um is a quick talker. Um, the lingo, you know, papa, you know, yeah, you know Spanish. What I mean? Spanish is a very fast language. Yeah, so the, the speech uh, pattern is very quick, and like even if you're speaking English, um, with like a Spanish, it's, it's very fast. What did quick. you think about um, him and Kanan's relationship? Um, I thought it was very interesting their conversation at the end, where even though this drug dealer, crackhead, whatever, he's able to like look at Kanan you know kind of like look past that shell that wall Kanan puts up and he's just like you know like you're alone yeah and look in his eye and talk yeah. to a guy that most people would probably fear and not want to say this of, to but he was like you know you're alone like do you, you don't have any friends like you you find it hard to make human connection like you find it hard to 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 maintain relationships and then you could tell it like surprise and yeah. shock Kanan a little bit and he probably was, was a fortune green. teller is that what uh, he was just like just you know, the things that they were doing and then what happened was then he turned because they were kind of like out using him, using uh, Kendrick Lamar's character to set up other gang members. Yeah. Kind of like I point think his them out. name was Laces. And then he was, he was Laces, yeah. And then um, Kanan would shoot that person yeah. that he kind of pointed out, had mm-hmm. the interaction with to kind of spot this character that needs to go. Yeah. Laces would set him up. Kanan would come through. And, and at the out. end, uh, Kanan then basically flips the gun on him. But then he eventually says, here, take the gun to sell yeah. uh, to make some money. And then that's when he says, "So they're, you're they're, alone, aren't you?" Like, yeah. yeah I, I, if you haven't seen um, Tune, I don't know what you're doing, bro. But if you haven't seen Power, you have. It's a phenomenal show. The writing, the yeah. acting. My time is um, very, mil- story, very limited. Storyline, it's it's phenomenal. But look, let me let me tell you where I really think Kendrick did a a good job. Um, when he flips from like, "Oh, you're sad, aren't you?" Boom, boom, and he's like. And then he gives them the the medicine prescription. He's like, "Well, if you the boom, 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 uh, take the boom, 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 and the side effects, boom, boom, boom." It's just a complete one eighty. And I, I really think the boy did a good job. And I think this is gonna like set up like tons of roles. You're gonna see tons of roles for Kendrick coming yeah. in the future. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys had anything you wanted to wrap with, but I gotta I gotta throw this out there very quickly. I think it's something that like. 
kind of needs to be acknowledged. Uh, so let, let, let's, I want to mention my boy LeBron James really quickly and, and just something phenomenal that he's, uh, that he did. Uh, I think today in Akron, Ohio, uh, LeBron James opened a school called the uh, I Promise School for, I think it was like 240 at-risk youth uh, are able Should to attend the school. Should have made this your fade of the day. Uh, no, I I feel like it's fine with an acknowledgement okay. of just like, you know, this is something incredible that's happening. So again, uh, today, I think it's 200 at-risk youth in Akron, Ohio. They walked into this like phenomenally architected and curated uh, school for them to escape uh, the environment, which like if anyone knows LeBron James story, anyone knows about Akron, Ohio, it, it's a very rough community. There's uh, not many like jobs. There. There's not much education there. The housing it, uh, infrastructure there is, is shitty. The economy there is shitty. There's nothing there to really aspire to. So these young kids who like, you know, their options are selling drugs or uh, you know, selling drugs, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of like their options. And he opened up the school. Um, I think he invested like he's going to invest like $200 million over the course of like the next 10 years to not only put these kids into, I think this is like, it's kind of like a bridge between a middle school and a high school. But the goal is to have them go from middle school to high school all the way through college. And he's like financing it all. Um, this and like this is from a guy who didn't graduate from high school, didn't have a father, didn't have like much in the sense of like a high quality um, education. Right. Uh, who had no like real male uh, or any role models at all who entered the NBA at like what, 18 or whatever, w- went on to become. Uh, this multi, you know, millionaire success or whatever, and then to have like the, you know, the the mental uh, capacity and like the will to say, hey, you know what? Because a lot of people who come from like very negative environments, they may not always go back and impact their communities. In what's this? What's the name of the school? Uh, it's called the I Promise School. I Promise. Uh, P.S. I Promise. Well, props, school or whatever. props, and shouts out to Bron. Uh, yeah, he, he's always doing good things. Yeah, always doing good things. So, I mean, I feel like that has to be acknowledged. Like he, he like this is literally becoming a success and then going back and impacting not only the 200 students that are going to your to the school that uh, attended today but the future students and creating the jobs for the faculty and the staff that are uh, a part of the school running it so you know what LeBron gets in that case what good way way to end it Um, yeah yeah so uh, you know again I I feel like we could uh, we could end on that acknowledgement shout out to LeBron um, that you know Great fucking work. That's I, I got one note. Um, HBO ordered a uh, season two of um the the little miniseries, The Night of. So if anyone was a big fan of that, that excites me, and I can't wait to see what they do with that. Can I also end on the note that Fabe can never just let something end? He never. always has to no. attack. Well, somebody see, else. the thing is, I, I already <laughs> wanted to say this, yeah, but yeah, uh, you know. It. Yeah, there's a lot of things I wanted to say. Like, we were going to do, like, breakup movie. I really wanted to do that. What was the best breakup movie? That would have been a fun little segment. But yeah. I, I, well, I we did, still can. We all don't get what we no. want, Fabe. Well, we all don't get what we want. There's a difference between a note and a <laughs> segment. Was basically like, yeah, the night up season two is coming. Yeah, yeah. what is, what is yeah, that? Well, that's, yeah, that's a note. Yeah, Half it's the difference between a note and a yeah. segment. All right, before this goes off the rails, uh, I think we'll go ahead and uh, slide up out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you... Uh, hung with us this long then we definitely uh, appreciate you uh, but definitely need you to show some love demonstrate your support by hitting that like button that subscribe button on any uh, whatever 
platform you're listening to us on uh tune this tune out tune on some tunes tune some, in uh, <laughs> i was just listening to a bunch of tunes um we definitely uh, uh, appreciate your, your your support, and we'll uh, what we'll do with our segment for uh, press play is uh, leave it open to open to discussion in terms yeah. of what movies or what shows we should check out. We'll, Give us your thoughts, exactly. And uh, if we get enough votes, if we get enough uh, 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 people suggesting a certain thing, then we'll go ahead and check that thing out. We are not afraid to. We are uh, a welcoming podcast in yeah. that way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, from, uh, from us here at the, uh, the fade podcast, uh, I think we all know the usual protocol fade out protocol. I don't know why I call it protocol. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Worry protocol. Yeah, I, let's just fade out. <laughs> Peace. Peace.